Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of the Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on ESPN Arkansas. You can also check out our website at hitthatline.com for all types of great interviews, articles, podcasts, videos, whatever it is doing with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Be sure to check it out at hitthatline.com. Lots of things to get to today. We're going to be joined by Dave Van Horn, the Razorback baseball head coach, talking a little bit about the Ole Miss series upcoming this weekend, as well as some other things going around on the baseball side of things. But I want to start, of course, with the latest when it comes to the basketball coaching search for the Arkansas Razorbacks. I alluded to it to this yesterday, and I think I'm going to allude to it today because it seems to be really gaining some serious ground. Folks, you better get used to it. Uh, This is probably going to end up on freezing cold takes on Twitter or whatnot, but Kelvin Sampson is going to be the next head coach of the University of Arkansas basketball team. You might as well start getting used to it. Kelvin Sampson's your guy. The guy that's at Houston, the guy that's been around a long time, the guy that's had a lot of uh, success, but coming along with a lot of baggage, which I understand, and I understand why people are a little skeptical of that part. But either way, all this smoke surrounding him and all these people that are reporting to it and reporting to, you know, it just seems like it's all coming together. And all the local media is reporting it as well, or at least they're reporting that it's going to seamlessly happen. And so what does all this mean? Well, okay, you've seen coaching searches happen where it doesn't go according to plan. You've seen it where it blew up in people's faces and you thought you were getting somebody, but you actually weren't. You know, I, I get all that. But you got to look at some of the facts about Kelvin Sampson if you're going to be able to accept him as your coach. He's been a coach for a long time. Since 1981, he has been coaching at least in some form or fashion. He was the first head coach in 1981 of Montana Tech. Then he became the coach of Washington State. He was there for eight, or excuse me, seven seasons at Washington State. They were pretty horrible. But he did get him to an NCAA tournament game in 1993-1994. I'm sure you're very familiar with that season. And he went 103-103 there. You know, what wasn't anything to write home about. But when he got to Oklahoma, it's that's when he really started blowing up. He went to an NCAA tournament game every single year but one. But one in his tenure from 1994 to 2006, every single year he went to the NCAA tournament, except for one, which was in 2003-2004, where they went to the NIT, which, by the way, also the record of his team that year was 20-11, and so it wasn't even like they were that bad of a team. He goes to Indiana, and his first season makes it to the NCAA tournament in the second round is where he finishes, and then in his second year, he was fired or let go, or whatever the situation, however you want to look at it. But he went 22-4 and four before he was let go, and that was came with some controversy, which we'll get to in a second. Then he was an assistant coach in the NBA at two different teams with the Milwaukee Bucks and the Houston Rockets. And then he became the head coach of Houston, the Cougars, in 2014, where he went 13-19, and 19, then 22 and 10 with an NIT bid, 21 and 11 with an NIT bid, 27 and 8, making it to the NCAA tournament and then making it into the round of 32. And then this year, where he's 33 and 3 right now and in the Sweet 16. We'll see how it pans out tomorrow night on uh, whether or not he'll con- continue to advance. But that is his resume as far as what he has done with the teams and some of those teams being big time. And pretty much he's won everywhere he's been, ladies and gentlemen. 
He's won everywhere he's been. So why would that be a no-brainer? Why wouldn't people want Kelvin Sampson to be their guy right now? What, what could be possibly missing or what type of problem could there possibly be? Well, he does have some NCAA baggage. Now, a lot of people who have come to me about this, because I'm all for Kelvin Sampson. Let me just say that right now. I think that would be a fantastic hire for the Razorbacks if they were able to get Kelvin Sampson. I don't think you could get a better hire, at least for what you're trying to accomplish, a more reasonable hire than Kelvin Sampson. All right. Some of you disagree with me. That's fine. I think it'll be great. But some people forget about what he was actually under fire from the NCAA. And if you really look at it, folks, wrong is wrong. Not trying to make excuses. But if you really look at it, it wasn't that big of an issue, or at least it wasn't that serious of an issue. No more serious than what Bruce Pearl did. At all at Tennessee, which led to his firing. So if you don't have a problem with Auburn hiring Bruce Pearl and seeing the success that they have, then you can't really have a problem with Kelvin Sampson and the issues that he had. And just to go through it all, this is what we're going to try to just go by it one by one and give you the background of it all. All right. So in the controversial controversial recruitment of Eric Gordon, who was at Indiana, that's really where it stemmed from the NCAA violations supposedly there were some shenanigans going on where he signed with Indiana after reneging on his early verbal commitment to Illinois. Samson was criticized by fellow coaches, but you know what? Back then, it was a problem. Now, there, that's not an issue. It's all about where you're getting, how you're getting your kids. It doesn't matter how you get them. So that's not even a problem anymore. So scratch that off the list. So this is coming from the Wikipedia page, which you know is right, of course. In addition to the Gordon incident, Samson was in the middle of a number of other controversies where Oklahoma was placed under a three-year investigation by the NCAA for recruiting violations. At the end of the investigation, the NCAA issued a report citing more than 550 impermissible calls made by Kelvin Sampson and his staff to 17 different recruits. The NCAA barred Simpson from recruiting off-campus and making phone calls for one year, ending May 24, 2007. Okay, so that ends right there. Prior to the findings of the NCAA, Kelvin was the president of the National Basketball Association of Basketball Coaches, which is funny that all that, and they would later reprimand him as a result of the NCAA findings. So there at Oklahoma, we'll start right there, the only thing that he got really busted for or in trouble for were making too many impermissible phone calls, 550 impermissible phone calls, all right? So then he goes to coach at Indiana, and on October 2007, Kelvin Sampson again came under scrutiny for making impermissible phone calls. Despite being restricted from making call-bound recruiting, outbound recruiting calls, he did it anyway. He participated in 10 conference calls with recruits that violated the terms of his sanctions, and then also his assistant coaches did the same thing. On February 8th of 2008, the NCAA informed Indiana that Simpson had committed five major rule violations. And they said they knowingly, that he knowingly violated the telephone recruiting restrictions imposed on him. But more seriously, the NCAA also alleged that Sampson lied to Indiana and NCAA officials regarding his involvement in impermissible calls. Indiana launched the investigation on him, but then they ended up firing him anyways, even though they said it was a game-by-game -game basis. They were said that he was going to be suspended, but then they eventually announced that he would resign. He ended up getting a $750,000 settlement from Indiana. In return, he would not sue Indiana for wrongful ter termination. But according to many of the pundits, including Sports Illustrated's college basketball col columnist Seth Davis, 
He implied that Indiana officials had already decided that Simpson was guilty, Samson was guilty, and that they based that on the internal investigation that only lasted one week. And so they went ahead and they were going to fire him no matter what. Now, Sampson obviously had to pay for that. He had the show cause that was thrown into there where he couldn't coach for five years at the college basketball level. We all know what that happened. But, folks, that's it. He made too many phone calls. <laughs> too many phone calls. So I'm not saying it's right. Okay, I'm not trying to justify his actions saying that he's okay with it, that it's a show, just turn the other eye and it should be fine. No big deal. Totally fine. So, you know, the, those of you who have an issue with this, just remember that it's not like he had a bag man that was paying a lot of these players a bunch of money. It wasn't that type of situation. It wasn't a situation where he was hiding disciplinary issues or making up fake classes or, or having fake grades or anything like that. His biggest problem with the NCAA was that he made a bunch of impermissible phone calls and that he lied about it to Indiana and the NCAA. If you feel that's wrong, that's fine. I don't I won't blame you for feeling that it's wrong. But again, if you feel like what Bruce Pearl did at Auburn is not really that big of a deal, then you shouldn't feel like this is a very big deal either. That's all I'm saying. Now we'll see how it goes and we'll see how it pans out for him. And uh, we'll actually see if uh if, we'll, if Arkansas ends up hiring him, which, I'm again, you better be ready for it because it's going to happen. But I just wanted to give everybody an update on that about Kelvin Sampson and just show where he's going to be coming from. Where when you're going to hear all these controversies and all these people saying, you can't hire him, you can't hire him, look what he did. Well, there's what he did, folks. So ask yourself, if you could say that Kelvin Sampson could come into Arkansas get you back to the NCAA tournament consistently, get you to the Sweet 16 and maybe even further, put together a really competitive basketball team, and the one bugaboo against him dealing with the NCAA is that what? He made too many phone calls. Is it really that big of a deal? Are you really going to turn down that deal where a guy like Kelvin Sampson has that little bit of baggage just for that, just a little bit of baggage? I'm not. I hope none of you do either. Because say what you want about Kelvin Sampson. Kelvin Sampson wins. And he's won everywhere he's been. Why would Arkansas be any different? You are locked on Razorbacks. Your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Head coach of the Razorback baseball team, Dave Van Horn. Dave, really appreciate you joining us. How you doing this morning? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Hey, anytime. And your your team is at 21 and four. It seems like uh, most people have you at least a top ten team, a borderline top ten team. It's been a really successful season so far. Is this where you expected your team to be? 25 games into the season, are they overachieving in your mind? Just what do you think about the season so far? Well, you know, I think anybody that heard me speak early before the season started, you know, I made the comment that uh, you know, in the last team meeting I had with our club and. Uh, early December is that, uh, you know, we wouldn't be ranked in any preseason polls and we're going to have to climb and fight, do whatever we have to do all year. And, you know, I was wrong on that because we mm-hmm. ranked in most every poll, but whether right or wrong, uh, I thought we were a little overranked because I thought we had six new position players that needed to show what they could do as an everyday player. Uh, we had uh, a list of conference starters or, or just starters you know, on the mound, who was going to take those jobs. And, 
you know, everybody seemed to uh, have, you know, jumped right in and uh, and done a great job. I think that's why we've won 21 games. We played, you know, a pretty good schedule. I think our schedule's ranked in the top 20 right now, and uh, and, and how tough it's been. And uh, you know, it's been good. But I guess I'm tiptoeing around your question. I don't, I don't know if we deserve to be there yet. Uh, we still have uh, an incredible schedule in front of us with one ranked team after another uh, coming up. So we'll see. They have a lot of interest in our audience with Connor Nolan and in in his progression this year. Had a rough weekend this last weekend, but your evaluation of of, of how he's performed with splitting his time, but but being your Saturday starter to this point. I think he's done real well. You know, he's had a couple outings in a row where he hasn't commanded the ball like he's. You know, we've seen him do uh, pretty much from the day he walked into the baseball area, uh, the facility, our indoor facility, and start, you know, showing us what he could do off the mound, which was in uh, in, in December, really, uh, after we got him in shape and let him get up on the mound as far as pitching-wise. Uh, he hadn't commanded the ball like normal. Uh, we're hoping that'll change. Uh, he did throw pretty well. We threw him one inning on Tuesday over at Missouri State, and you know, his stuff was good. As a matter of fact, I think him knowing that he's only going to throw one inning, he actually threw the ball a little harder than he did this past weekend at Alabama. At least that's what it looked like from the side. We didn't have – I didn't see the actual readings. Uh, they didn't have them up on their board or any, any data that we saw. So, uh, with that being said, I think that uh, his better days are in front of him. You know, he's probably uh, a little bit tired uh, when he's trying to do both. Uh, I would say that – that's one of the more difficult things to do if he was an outfielder or something else or maybe a different position on the football team that wasn't quite so demanding. Plus, you know, you're throwing a football, you're throwing a baseball and trying to manage that and impress two different sets of coaches. There's a lot that goes into that. So, uh, you know, we'll see how this develops, but uh, just really glad he's with us. and I think he has a great future in baseball. Speak with Dave Van Horn, head coach of the Razorback baseball team right now on the Morning Rush. Coach, people have wondered about Isaiah Campbell before the season started. Obviously, he was the third-day starter most of the time last year. Now he's the ace. So far, he's been really impressive. What have you liked about his game and what he's improved on since a year ago? Well, the first thing that jumps out at me is his command. And, you know, you can't really project how someone's going to command the ball from one year to another if they have a just, you know, dominant command. And uh, he's done. He's been incredible. I mean, we, we put him on the mound. We pretty much know uh, that he's going to throw the ball around the plate. He's going to get ahead of hitters. And he's going to make them swing. Well, this keeps our defenders on their toes a little bit better than maybe uh, all the time. And, you know, when you've got a guy that's scattered a little bit. But uh, the command has been incredible. Throwing really three and four pitches for a strike. And it seems like most games uh, – you know, there's one pitch that he commands or feels is better than the others, and it's enough to help him get through a game. It's been it's been fun to watch uh, to this point. How has more games on streaming video and TV changed the advanced scouting for SEC games in, in recent years for you and your staff? And how much more video do, do you and, and particularly your players now watch versus the way you did it, say, three or four or five years ago? Well, it's, it's night and day from what it was five years ago. I mean, we uh, you know, we were just getting rolling with uh, a lot of the TV and being able to watch other teams and, and 
you know, you'd have to look around to try to find video of, of certain pictures to try to figure out how you're going to get them, especially ones that have a lot of success. Uh, you know, we, we and most schools in our league, I say maybe even all of them, now have a, someone who handles video for us. They can go out and get some things, chop it up, and we can look at it a little easier. Um, you know, we have a new project going that uh, will have a, a really nice video area for players to come in and, and watch themselves, watch other pitchers, players, how they're going to get them out, how they're going to hit them. Uh, it's it's night and day. Like I said, it's a, it's a 360, it seems like, from what it was. And we do a lot of watching, uh, learning, and evaluating, looking at data. Uh, I would say the players look at it. And sometimes we have to put them on what they need to look at. But the coaches and staff are, are looking at uh, video all the time, trying to figure out different ways and different ways to attack, you know, a team's hitters or pitchers. And it's become uh, it's become something that I think that uh, you have to do. Now, Coach, I know you lost a few pieces of the team last year, but you're picking up right where you left off. I know the end game is to win a national championship with this team and make another run at Omaha. But from last year and obviously what you're going through in this year, what's your favorite thing about this team this season? Well, I'd say right now that uh, they show up every day. It's fun. They, uh, you know, a lot of wide-eyed guys that are looking around and go, wow, I'm playing every day and they're having success and, I think they're really enjoying it. Uh, they, they, they seem to get along. Uh, you never know when you lose a lot of your veteran players, you know, how it's going to go the next year, especially early, uh, because guys are kind of looking around trying to figure out who's, who's our leader in the clubhouse, you know, on the field. And we've had some guys that have, have stepped up and, and taken some of those roles. And uh, the team just seems to me to have some personality. And uh, I really enjoy being around them and watching them interact and uh you know as far as just the ability you know we've had a couple of guys really get off to good start like jacob nesbitt i mean he's a guy that i thought he was going to be a defender utility type guy and he just is continues to get big hits for us and make plays and you know there's been others so uh so far so good like i said we've got to play some really good competition which i think we're ready for uh are we talented enough more i think time will tell all right, you're full-time coach, part-time weatherman meteorologist. Uh, how concerned are you about the weather for this weekend? Yeah, you know, you uh, always look at when, when you're on the road, it's easy. You just kind of, hey, what are we going to do? And just let them make all the decisions. When you're at home, you know, you have to uh, you have to try to look into it and make as many calls as you can and get info from everybody. But, you know, right now, just Friday, we'll be out there. It's a late start, 8 o'clock, TV game. Uh, kind of a different time, a little late in my opinion, but we just play when they tell us, basically. So, um, a little concerned about that one. I uh, would rather start at 6.30. gives us a better chance of getting that thing in or fighting it a little longer. If we don't get it in, we'll try to play two Saturday, not battle of weather there. Sunday looks good. I just know before the three-day weekend's over for us, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we'll have three games under our belt. All right, Coach, last one before I let you get out of here. i got to ask you about this. It was announced earlier this week that Arkansas decided to move on from Mike Anderson in the basketball program. You and him coached in your respective sports for the past eight years. I know you knew Mike well. What was your reaction to hearing that news about Mike? Well, you know, probably the first thing is uh, concern for his family and Mike and his family, obviously. And, uh, you know, 
some things I, I don't control on. You know, that, that's probably the first thought that I, that I had. I was I was actually en route or just about to get to uh, Springfield for our ball game, so I had a lot going on and a lot to think about, and then and got that message. So uh, just concerned for them and, and for the team, and obviously uh, the, the kids in the basketball program. Um, I know one thing, Mike is a strong man, and – you know, if he wants to coach again, there will be plenty of opportunities. And, and I just, like I said, I think the only comment I've made is that I just appreciate everything that Mike has done uh, for the University of Arkansas uh, over the years of his time here. Dave Van Orn, head coach of the Razorback baseball team. Really appreciate you joining us this morning, Coach. Good luck this weekend against Ole Miss and the rest of the season. I'm sure we'll be catching up with you later down the road. All right. Thank you, guys. We'll talk to you later. Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at Rush John Neighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel. Tomorrow afternoon, have a great day, everybody. We will see you then. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.